What's going on, guys? Today in the Contractor Secrets Podcast, you know, I'm covering what's going on in my painting business. And this one is specifically for those of you, um, you know, really that that have a hard time getting going in January. And this was for me because my first two years in business, I was blindsided by this. Um, I didn't quite understand how long it took people to get going after Christmas in the house painting business, at least, and, and, and for most home service projects. Um, and it was really, really difficult for me to to plan uh, or to kind of develop a strategy to plan for it. So, yes, I have the luxury of living in Florida. Uh, we do exterior paint year round, but the principles I'm going to share with you are really relevant to any trade, but also to any terrain. It doesn't really matter. Um, one of my favorite sayings is dig your well before you're thirsty. So you might hear this a lot in the business breakthrough coaching that I do and in some of the other um, kind of the other things I do, you know, and, and I talk about um, how marketing and leads uh, is the oil. It's, it's the water. It's what keeps things flowing. And if the valve is shut off and there's nothing coming out of it, well, you know, the pipe's going to dry up and that is true in all cases it doesn't have to be in the beginning of the year but the reality of the situation is is you have to understand that the beginning of the year is challenging so if you go the entire year touting your chest saying you know i didn't spend a dollar on marketing everything has been word of mouth that's great but that's not how you should run a business or that's not how you should think about um growth that's not something to brag about that's something to kind of you know that's not really like it's not something to be you know of course proud about i just see it as you're not being proactive um when it comes to your growth you're not taking your growth seriously and many people don't market until they need to market and many people don't um hire until they need to hire and that is a recipe for disaster so I want to talk to you about kind of like my first few weeks in January here uh, as a as a full service residential painting business generating anywhere between 1.4 and 1.6 million dollars in in a year. Um, this is what I believe to be an optimal number for uh, a thriving business um, that has in in the painting business we we operate three crews um, and we're doing anywhere between 225 to 300 jobs. Uh, in a year, depending on the job size. And when you break down the numbers of what it takes to generate that many sales, um, you look at the numbers and you think, well, if I'm closing jobs at a 30% closing ratio, which generally speaking, if your price is kind of high, that's kind of where you're going to fall. Anything really higher than that, you might want to look at pricing and see if you're kind of underbidding, especially with the volume needed to achieve that. You know, you're looking at 900 estimates. So when I, when I break down 900 estimates, you think, wow, okay, well, what is my set rate on that? What is the rate of which the leads are actually booking those estimates? And you might think, well, a decent set rate is like 25%. A great set rate is 50%. So let's go 50%. If I need 900, S, 900 uh, estimates, that means that I need 1,800 leads in order to achieve this. And you can reverse engineer this and you can work backwards to based on what your goal is. But the reality of the situation is, is that you need leads. You need to be proactive when it comes to getting people to know who you are. Now there was a post in our painting contractors group and it said something along the lines of, it is so slow, the economy's slowing down. 
you know, no one wants to buy. This year is brutal. And I could tell it came from somebody that isn't social media savvy, kind of probably somebody that survived on word of mouth for the last 10 or 15 years they've been in business. And they did that. And they're, they're the ones that go on there and are proud of that. I've never had to use social media marketing. I've never had to buy a lead. And, you know, again, they're proud of that. The problem is, however, is they survived with this as the strategy, but they're failing to realize that the market is changing. The, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, he may think that his way is the way and that's great, but he's going to be over there when the market has shifted. And now the people that used to buy through word of mouth, the people that used to hang over the fence and exchange business cards with their neighbor are now doing their own research and they are going on Facebook or they're going on a place that they trust like Google or Angie. It doesn't really matter. They can do their own research now, right? Because that's a hedge against risk. And usually buyers like to protect themselves, especially from contractors. So we're going to table that for a second. I want to get into what I did yesterday because we have been a little slow. Our schedule has kind of faded out a little bit. Um, we had anticipated a $30,000 house painting job. This house painting job was promised to us in the beginning of December. And we knew that this would carry one of our crews for the entire month. So that's a big weight lifted off of our shoulders in terms of finding jobs, because generally speaking, if a crew does two or three jobs a week, we're looking at 10 jobs to replace this one job. So January 1st comes around and this customer is just ghosting us. Even though they paid a deposit, they finally responded and said they're not going to be ready until spring. So we relied a little too heavy on this job. So that required us to kind of scramble and put things together and get creative. So what happened really was we had anticipated not having to go so hard because we know that the natural occurrence in our business, at least based on our organic reputation is we'll be able to fill the schedule. Will we, will be able, will we be able to capitalize? Probably not, but we've been going heavy on social media marketing starting in around November. So we knew that the lead flow is going to be there uh, as long as we just keep investing in that. With that said, it didn't quite turn out the way we thought. There was a lot of customers just hitting us hard on price. And for me, my perspective on that is the reason that's happening is because our competitors are slicing their prices in half because they don't have work. That's supply and demand 101. Good companies pretty much just taking jobs to keep their team busy. That's normal, you know? And ultimately, as much as we want to provide value in those situations, if a customer truly gets a great company to come in at a great price and they connect with that company, that's chances are that's what they're going to do. And ultimately, you know, for us, we're getting creative. We're going above and beyond. We're making sure that those estimates are being sent or presented within minutes, you know, really just to kind of, showcase our worth and our value and build value. And sometimes that doesn't work. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, I can't say that that just works every time because it doesn't. Some people just go with price. So we've been trailing a two week lead time on our jobs. And that's stressful when you have three crews, because again, if you're just getting little jobs, $3,000, 2,500 single day jobs, 
I mean, we really haven't hit the nail like, you know, on a big job, but consistent progress is the key. And it's never getting to a position where you feel the fear creep in of not being able to keep your team busy. It's just consistent progress. Doing something will yield the result. That's what you need to know in your business, doing something. I mean, for us, phone calls all day long on new leads, right? We're using drip jobs, of course. You, we have new leads, a list of all of our cold leads that have come in from social media, from Google, from Angie, that haven't converted to an estimate. Those drips are going out, right? And of course, we have customers that we've sent proposals to that we're looking to offer deals to because from the business perspective, and this is something I had a great conversation with my buddy Russell the other day, and we were talking about supply and demand. And I told him, I said, cut your prices if you need to just to keep the team busy and then raise your prices when you have the leverage. If you have no work on your schedule, you should just be focusing on making sure that the team has work or your subcontractors have work because ultimately you're fighting for their loyalty, right? So ultimately, you know, the goal from a sales perspective is the profit isn't for you up front. Like you don't, you're not going to, you can't be focused on making the same amount of money in January as you did in November or August or October because it's, it's the start of a new year, you know, um, everyone has so many things going on. Right. And, and that's the way people budget. And, and ultimately, you know, you just have to understand the way that your market works. So long story short, I decided to go out and do estimates. Now, if you don't know a lot about my company, um, we have an estimator, um, and I typically send out the quotes from the office or I check them for approval. And we do a lot of work building value in the office. That's just kind of how we've transitioned because I'm running drip jobs full time. And we haven't quite decided on if we're ready for a full time salesperson slash closer in the painting business. So we have an estimator go out and this has worked great for us. We did it for the entire year. Last year, we still hit 1.5 million in revenue. We find that our reputation is giving us a lot of leverage, um, especially if we're not doing those on the spot closes but you want to have that in your tool belt. You have to have someone in your company that has that. That's how our business was built in the beginning was by building value face to face, creating momentum, capitalizing on the emotions and closing the deal on the spot. So I have that in my tool belt and I will use that whenever I need to. Work's been a little slow. We've been able to make it through all of January, keeping 13 painters busy, even still being profitable, but we're still at that two week lead time, which I prefer to be at least 30 days out for me. Cause when you're 30 days out, that's when you can price out jobs at a 50 to 55% profit margin and not really care if they go with you because you know that the natural lead flow is coming in. And what we're doing is we're maximizing those weekly slots. So for me, having that 30 day lead time is fantastic and it still allows us to be flexible with customers that need an urgent job because we can kind of shift the schedule to accommodate people that are moving in or people that are super time sensitive. So I had a couple insights yesterday I wanted to share with you when I went out and did estimates. <laughs> and I love doing estimates. I miss it a lot. After yesterday, it just reminded me how much I love sales. You got to have a love for it. I mean, you got to Got to have a love for it. Anyway, first lady was a dream, beautiful uh, person. Just, just wanted, wanted, a, wanted a great job, wanted trust. And I went in there and I, I, I did what, did what I teach, right? First question, what's the story? 
And what was beautiful about this interaction is that I came to the realization, which I knew, but she sold herself. Like I just gave her space to talk and sell herself on why she should hire us. She kept saying things like, I know you guys have a great reputation. I know this house needs to be done. I'm the type of person that likes to keep things maintained well because they last longer. You guys seem trustworthy. You guys are this. I've seen your reviews. I've read your reviews. And instead of me trying to sell, I was just kind of letting her dictate how the sale went. And I think that's what a great salesperson does is it is you got to realize when you're needed and when you're not. And I think showing up, being on time, being professional, outlining what is to be expected, right? I'm not so much talking about the paint job. I'm talking about why we're different. And if you've ever heard any of my sales trainings, you know, that's the focus. We don't really talk about painting. We talk about vision, experience, trust, all the intangibles. And I could tell that vision was really important to this lady. So we talked about colors. We spent a good amount of time talking about different schemes. On this specific house, the soffits, she wasn't even thinking about painting them. But I gave her a perspective from a professional's point of view. And I said, listen, the reality of the situation is, yes, these soffits look white. But take a look at your t-shirt. She was wearing a white t-shirt. I said, can you compare those colors? They're completely different. When we paint these soffits white, they're going to pop. Now, here's the deal. You could either do them white or maybe we can even match the soffits to the body color. And this way, instead of having four colors, you're only having three colors. You have your body, your trim, and your accent color because we both know that that's a separate color. That eats up a lot of the visual appeal of your home, right? And this isn't sales. This is just me caring about what the end result is for our customer. And she just loved it. She ate it up. She was like, that's right. You're so right. I didn't even think about this. And then I'm just looking for more ways to add value. There was this sunroom in the back. And I said, miss, do you sit in that sunroom a lot? Oh, I love that sunroom. She had some plants in there and I could tell she did. You know, people have like this chair with like a blanket on there and it's like super indented. And I just know that for this lady, like single lady, she just sits in that, in that, in that room. So I said, were you planning on getting it painted? Well, no, it doesn't really need to be painted. Okay. So there's not a, there's, there's not a need, but let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about maybe painting the entire sunroom that really pretty light green accent color that you wanted to paint your front door and your garage door? And she said, you know what? I've never thought about that. I said, yeah, because you're only really going to enjoy that accent color. And I could tell this accent color was her favorite thing. Like she had kind of like a neutral beige body color. And then she picked like a light green accent color. And she kept saying like, oh, this is really going to look great. And I said, well, the only time you're really going to enjoy that accent color is when you come home from work. But when you paint the lanai that color, you can look at it every day. And that, I don't know what it was. Like she, it just clicked. She said. You are absolutely right. I said, would you like to give me, give, would you like for me to give you a separate price for it? Right? So you being a facilitator of the best possible experience will allow you to easily separate yourself. I don't think anyone else is doing that. Right? Anybody else that came in there was an order taker. Okay. What do you want? Okay. You want this? Okay. You want that? Got it. Okay. You want that? Got it. Okay. We'll give you a price for that. And for me, I learned this in in the restaurant business, 
is that I know for a fact when I sell to you, you find me more valuable and you will tip me more if it's a great experience. So what I would do when I used to go up to tables is I'd say, have you all ever been here before? No, you haven't? Okay, great. Put your menus down. I made it an experience from the initial interaction. I have some wonderful off-the-menu sushi rolls that are going to blow you away. Or you could pick what's on the menu, but most times I'm right. I think you're going to love these. And they say, okay, tell us about them. And my product knowledge was amazing because I memorized the ingredients of the top five sushi rolls that were off the menu. Now, the on-the-menu rolls were $8.95, $11.95, $12.95. The off-the-menu rolls were $14.95, $18.95. One was even $25.95. And that one, that, one, that one was a flaming roll, okay? I'll explain that in a second. My, my tip was based on the total amount of the bill. So if they're buying $8 rolls and they spend $50, I'm getting $10. But if they spend on average $17 per roll and they wind up spending $100, I have $20. I just knocked out two tables in one. And I would maximize my day by offering suggestions, but not only offering suggestions, believing in the suggestions. I knew that that was going to be a better experience than what you were about to order. As a business owner, you need to make sure that what you're selling and the words that you're conveying and the trust that you're building can be backed by the production. It has to be backed by the production. You have to understand that not only um, is your word the value of, of the sale, but ultimately that customer is going to either be have the feeling of exceeded expectations or unmet expectations. So... That's a, that's a different topic, right? But when I was serving sushi, I knew that we had a great kitchen. The sushi rolls were amazing. And I was getting that feedback from previous customers. They would thank me and say, your suggestions were out of this world, right? So I would say, okay, listen. And this is kind of how I would frame it because I'd say, listen, we have some amazing rolls off the menu that I think are going to make this experience for you tonight awesome. So do you trust me or would you like to kind of, and some people would say, yeah, we kind of just know what we want. I'd say, great, that's fine. No problem. And I'd find another way to build value. But then you have those people that are there for the experience, right? Most, most people opted for them. And I'd say, okay, the first role that you're going to absolutely love is called the G roll. It has, and I'll see if I can remember, it has fried shrimp, avocado, um, spicy crab on the inside and on the outside. It has avocado mango with a, with a spicy, you know, Spicy mayo sauce. Man, it's been so long. With tempura flakes on the side. It's out of this world. So it's not so much what you say, it's how you say it. Right? So if I say, uh, do you guys like, are you guys interested in like maybe these off the menu rolls? If I convey that with uncertainty, they're going to feel uncertain. Instead, instead of, hey, just so you know, we have some amazing off the menu rolls. I'd love to tell you about them because most of our customers love them and they're not on the menu, uh, but they're exclusive. And I think it's going to give you guys a great experience, right? There was another one that had a flame, like you, they would light the bottom of the wood on fire and it would be flaming and people would we, would, we would walk them to tables and everybody would look at it, right? And, you know, we'd say, well, not only do we have that type of role, we have one that has flames on it. And then everyone's going to look and it's going to be this whole experience. And some people like ate that up. Right. So when I was when I was talking to this lady about her her porch, 
it wasn't like, Hey, I think maybe like, I think maybe like you should paint this the accent color. Like, okay. Uh, I don't know. But what I did was, is I created an experience in the actual dialogue and the way I said it is really what mattered. I said, listen, do you spend a lot of time out here? Right? So I framed the value. I said, I knew she spent a lot of time out here, but I need to make her aware that she spends a lot of time out here. And I said, do you spend a lot of time in this porch? Yeah, I do. I love this porch. I said, well, have you thought about maybe painting it the same color as that beautiful accent that you did outside? And I could have stopped it there, but what I did was I wanted to reinforce the value and say, ultimately, the only time you're really going to enjoy that color on the outside is when you're coming home from work. Generally speaking, most people when they come home from work are tired and they're not really going to enjoy that. They might, and she might be coming home late. She might not even see it. But I said, what's great about doing the accent in here is that you are going to enjoy this every single day. And I can't tell you, I wish I had it on camera, her face that lit up when she had the epiphany of how much she's going to love that. Um, but you're just gonna have to take my word for it, right? It just sounds good. <laughs> you know? So when I presented price on the spot, I gave her a couple different options, right? We talked about it. I gave her a price for the soffits. I gave her a price for the porch and I gave her a price for what she had asked for. She had asked for the walls and the trim, the garage door and the front door. That was, I think it was 20, it was 2750. Uh, the soffits, I came, came out to like, I think it was like 750. I can't remember the numbers exactly. And then the porch, long story short, it came out to 3,900 for everything. Okay. And I circled it real big. And then ultimately, uh, she sold herself. I was quiet. I went through everything. I reinforced all of the value. I reinforced everything we talked about because she forgot it, right? There were things in the beginning of the interaction. She wasn't training her mind to remember. So I have to reinforce the things that I know separate us about the team, about the standards, about the experience, about the things that were important to her. You have to be, you have to be like a sonar. Listening for things that the customer gives you that showcase um, what their main concerns are. You know, she was trying to re-justify herself a few times as to why it's valuable to paint, but I think she wasn't quite convinced. So when I was presenting price, I said, what's wonderful about this is I'm going to give you a seven-year warranty. And I noticed the house currently has flat paint. I know you said you're a little concerned about the fading. Well, we're doing a satin, so it has a little bit of a sheen to it that's going to make sure that you get a little extra protection. And we're gonna guarantee this work for seven years. We're gonna guarantee this work for seven years, right? Um, because that's what I could tell was important to her. But then not only that, it was the appeal. And then we talked about a color consultation about figuring out what we wanna do at the soffit. And just, this is sales, right? We can't just show up and just measure and talk paint and leave, right? Someone has to be delivering value. It's about justifying the price. If you're watching this, you're probably not the cheapest. I know that. A lot of value there. So we sold it. She uh, she sold herself. I mean, it was so funny. I mean, I was quiet and she just sold herself. She just sat there and she said, well, I really want to do this. And you're so right. And you know, I was going to get some other quotes. And I just sat there. I mean, I just let her go through her own thought process and let her arrive at our conclusion, which was, I'll take good care of you. Okay. So close that one. Next one was great. Next one was a lady who, um, she had mentioned that she had a poor experience with a pressure washing contractor. 
he never finished. And it, I could just tell. And I asked her, I just was honest with her. I said, have you had poor experiences with contractors? She said, uh, she said, yes, I have. I said, well, I'm going to change that. Okay. And I looked her right in the eye and like, I'm see the thing about me is in business is like my word is everything. Like if you do business with me and anybody, you could be listening to this. We could have done business. My word is everything. Like I will not, I, 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 I have so much passion toward making sure that I keep my promises that anything outside of that is a failure. I'll go paint the damn house if I have to, to make sure you're happy. I don't want your money. I don't want anything I didn't earn. I don't want, I don't want it. I want your satisfaction. I want not only your satisfaction, I want you to feel like you owe me referrals because of what we did for you. And I was looking at unique ways to help this lady and I kept finding different things that I knew needed to be done around the house. And she mentioned that her and her husband were planning on painting it and he had a stroke and my heart just like, <laughs> so he's kind of like out of the picture. He's, he's, he's alive, but he's, you know, out of the picture. So I immediately thought to myself, okay, you have this lady that's kind of managing this farm. She's kind of, she's a really nice lady and, and she does a lot. She loves her horse and things have kind of fallen, you know, like the upkeep has been hard for her because it's just her. She has contractors she hates because none of them keep their promises. She had a handyman build the deck and he kept, he put like one screw. Like it was terrible the way he did it. And I know that that was frustrating to her. She had to replace some wood. The wood repair that was done is terrible. And I just started looking at all these things. And it's like, you know, for me, yes, I'm the guy that says, stick with what you're good at. Don't take on anything that's not in your comfort zone. But I will supersede that if I know that I need to help someone because I care too much about people and I'll make sure it gets done. So we stopped talking about painting probably within the first five minutes. And I noticed that the wood repair that she got done was because water was running and smacking the floor and bouncing back into the house. And I look up and there's no gutter there. So then I became a gutter installation contractor and I talked to her. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to put some gutters here for you. I mean, we need to put gutters here. It's not much. I have a handyman that can do it. It might take a little legwork on my part to find the gutter and do all that crap. But I said, let's get a gutter here. I mean, so you don't have to deal with this again. And there was two, there was one on one side and one on the other. And she was just so thankful and just like, oh, you're right. I mean, I haven't really thought about it. And I said, well, you know, it's going to happen again. So let's get that taken care of. And then I walked around and I noticed that part of her pool screen was flopping in the wind. And I said, does this bother you? And uh, she said, yeah, it does. I mean, we're just so busy with the horse and everything. I said, I'll take care of that too. And then I noticed that there was some wood rot beneath, you know, some area that kind of was near her shed. And I said, we're going to take care of that too. And it's like for somebody that cares about their property and has the weight of taking care of it, I just wanted to provide value to that individual. And that's what happened. And, and anyway, I closed the deal and then she wants me to paint a barn and that turned out to be a, an $8,000 job. So, so I went into the field, you know, and, and I, and I did what, uh, did what I did to, to start the business and to grow the business and to implement standards into the business. Um, you got to have that in your tool belt as a leader, you know, um, I'm in a position in my business where I don't have to do everything, but you got to know everything, right? I don't quite think that people who don't know any aspects of painting can 
can run a successful business. There's some outliers. I understand that. Um, and I think knowledge takes time. I don't think anyone can just start up and be successful. I think you, you either work for a painting business for a few years and you learn, uh, you, you do, you sell for a few years and learn, and then you start your own business. Fine. Um, but you really gotta, you gotta know the business and you gotta care. You gotta care about the end result. You gotta care about your customers. You gotta offer value. You have to be bold. You have to be okay with overextending your value in a way. Like, and I kind of tread a little bit. I say, would you mind if I gave you a suggestion? It's a great word track to use. Well, I mean, I kind of know what I want. Yeah, sure. I love your suggestion or, okay. And then you kind of feel out like how much of a, of a suggestion you need to give. And I think like you might be listening to this thing and does this stuff really work? And it's like, we're just talking about humans trusting humans enough to give them their money. They're going to give their money to someone. They're going to get the job done. It's one of the greatest things that I've ever gotten from car sales. One of our sales managers, you know, I was like, man, why are you so persistent with these people? And he's like, dude, they're going to buy a car. I need them to buy it for me because at least I know that I'm going to take care of them even after they purchase the car. Someone's going to get the car sale and I don't trust the market enough to know that they're going to have that person's best interest in mind. So if that's my mentality, then I'm going to do whatever I can. And that might mean being a little forward, but it's in their best interest. And it, I, I can't teach this. I can't teach character. I can't teach values. I can't teach doing the right thing. I can't teach if you overestimate something eating it and not asking your customer for more money or sorry, underestimating something. I can't teach that, that that comes with being a good person and thinking about your customer and thinking about the fact that ultimately you underbid it. We have values. Values take a long time to be recognized, but once they are, you know, that's it. <laughs> that's the standard. Like, it's like, I know that if I hire that company, I don't have to think. They're going to do what's right, even if they're not being told or being watched. And that comes from you as a leader. If you're not that type of individual, then your team won't be that type of individual within the workday. Now, I don't know what they do after work, but during the workday, they're going to operate the way I operate. I set the tone for that. And they're paying attention. Ooh, your team members are paying attention. They are watching. And whatever shortcuts you take gives them permission to take shortcuts. No shortcuts. My spiel. So, so back to January, right? So you guys got a little glimpse of the sale building value. I wanted to, I wanted to put that in there, but back to January. Okay. Next year, you need to have your marketing in place by June and prepare for it and understand that you are not going to make a lot of money in January. <laughs> this is for the team. This is for keeping people busy. But guess what? When February hits in March, you're going to have that schedule. You're going to have that. You're going to have that lead time. And that's going to allow you to capitalize and maximize. So, and optimize. So that's what I got for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it gave you some insights on some things that I got going on in my painting business. Um, would love to help you in yours. If you would like a free business breakthrough session, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing these. I find great joy in them. So I would love for you to book a free business breakthrough with me. You can find the link somewhere in the description. 
and uh, we'll do a one-on-one. We'll talk about your business. We'll talk about sales, marketing, administrative, you know, uh, but the goal is for you to get advice from someone who doesn't care about what you think in a good way. It's more so to give you the honest advice, the stuff that your friends won't tell you. They'll just tell you that they're proud of you, but you really have problems that need to be resolved. Think of a doctor. You have to go in there and someone's got to tell you the truth. And that's really what I want to do. It's a, I have no incentive. That's why I don't charge for it. There's no incentive to tell you what you need to hear. So you keep coming back. I don't care. I just need to set you in a direction. I just need you to make sure that what you're, what you're getting is good information because the value that I get out of being a business owner has changed my life. It's changed my family's life. It's changed my employees' life. You know, we need good business owners. If you have a good business owner, then good people have good jobs. And that's impact. That's beautiful. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, good luck out there.